You're laughing and learning with the Inside Outside Guys on News Talk 760 WJR. Here's Inside Guy Chuck Bridenstein and the Outside Guy Ken Calverly. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday edition of Housing Information. You can trust right here for the next two hours on WJR, the Inside Outside Guys. Have any and all of your housing information you need. How you doing, Inside Guy? Man, I'm happy. <laughs> because Well, I'm first happy. of all, you know, th- this whole season's on you. I don't have to talk to anybody or do anything or respond to emails because it's all outside stuff. That's not true. Say, That's talk not to true. Ken. Talk to Ken. <laughs> you know, actually, it's, it's like, like in a winter on board. It's right? like being a dad, you know, talk to mom. Talk to do. mom. Yeah, just talk yeah, to mom. let someone else take care of it. Well, the truth is, no matter what I say, it's going to get... Turned upside down. Anyways, I talked to my not by me, Chuck. I'm not, not by you. Not well, by me. Well, in the show. Okay. All right. I get it. I think. <laughs> I think. Hey, we got a great show for you today, and we are gonna. One of the main things we are going to hit today, which we haven't done in a long time, mosquitoes. <laughs> Stop it. Dihydrogen Stop. monoxide. Yes, we got to talk about that. Yes, that's an issue, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's in everything. It's everywhere <laughs> you go. You can't get get rid of it. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> We're going to talk about decks. Um, there is, on a regular basis, you know, I don't even got to, I bet you if I look right now, if I Google decks collapse, deck collapse, I'll know somewhere in the United States over the last week where a deck has collapsed. Probably. Because it happens that often. I mean, gosh, was it last fall we did the article on that? And we cited some statistics on deck collapses, and they're actually very frightening. And yes. you know, it's funny. We've got, we've still got two kids in college, as you know, and they both live in apartments. One has a deck slash balcony the other doesn't thank god but a lot of those happen in situations like that you know where 27 young adults get together for a party not thinking twice no yeah. no it doesn't even occur to them that it wasn't right. meant for or you get a young couple that puts a hot tub on it or a sandbox full of sand for the child you're you know? right yeah i mean just you're all right. kinds of things the where weight yeah issue i i saw a I think I showed it to you a picture not so long ago of a balcony with a glass railing where they took a tarp and they put a tarp and they filled it full of water. Did I show you that? <laughs> you didn't. Sh- you you sh- you share the pictures with other people, but you tried to describe it to me. <laughs> well, not the, to not think about the weight issues when doing something like that and then putting a kid in there was crazy. But that's one of the issues that when it comes to decks, Chuck, you and I talk about it, what people do all the time. And I remember we had a party. I, I need a deck. I was going to get it this year, but the lumber prices made me wait. So, and I, they're coming back down. So, yes, hopefully, in the spring, I'll I'll uh, redo my deck. You'll get a cheaper deck. Exactly, uh, less expensive. It ain't going to be cheap. <laughs> not this deck. It's I want to see if you're listening. It's about a eight to ten foot raised wooden deck, so it's not going to be cheap. But they, when we had a party, everyone came out, and I knew my deck needed help, and they go to the railing. And Everybody. they lean against the railing. It's crazy. And so many times I came out, and it was my party, and I felt like I was ba- Guys, please don't lean against the railing. And I knew it was weak to begin with. I thought you sound like a type A. It's like, why'd you invite us over if you don't want us on the railing? Well, no, no, I'm worried about your safety. <laughs> and there was a couple, there was an elderly couple, well in their 80s there, and they were doing the same thing. And if they went over, yeah. I'm, you know, so I was really concerned, and I kept saying, please, and actually... My kids went to go, no, don't go outside, just stay there. You know the analogy I've always liked? If you can picture a whole bunch of people on a small boat and all of them go to one side of the boat and lean over the edge, right? what right. would happen? Right, right. It would tip and maybe capsize. Right, right. So throughout the show today, we're going to give some tips on how to keep an eye on your deck. Um, if you have a raised deck, you obviously want to be more concerned. There are so many decks out there that are just a, you know, a couple feet off the ground. 
And those aren't the ones we're talking about because it's not a big fall. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a recoverable fall. It's a recoverable fall. But um, if you want to get some tips on uh, how to make sure your deck is uh, safe, we're going to do that throughout the show along with taking your phone calls. And we've had a lot of listeners, Ken, throughout the last three months uh, through emails and even phone calls to the show that want to want to maintain a clear look on the deck but but know they should put something yeah. on it. And yeah. um it's an issue because you and I tend to recommend a clear oil, and anymore it's hard to find product that is oil-based that You're is right. clear. You're right. So we'll also give people some tips on how they can actually, going into the fall prior to winter, put an oil, a clear oil on their deck and help preserve it and, and make it look good coming into the spring. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay, the place that the deck, most decks fail at what point, Chuck? Uh, right where they connect to the house. Yep, the ledger. Ledger and people, that's probably the point where most people don't pay any attention to. Why would you? Why would you? It's against the house. If if you, it, it, if if it's low, you got to dip, crawl under to see it. But most people don't go in there that can look up and say, "Huh, what does that look like?" And I would, I do not have statistical evidence of this, but I would, be, I would take the bet that that's because the people that built it didn't know how to properly build it in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've told you, we try to separate them, we try to isolate them. Anytime we can. Right, right. I know you do. Not even connect them to the house. I know you do. If you can do it, that's yeah. the best way to do it. That, I told you the one I have to do. I have to do something different because part of it connects at a cantilever. So I think, bottom line, I've just got to put a, 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 pillar, a pillar Yeah, where yeah. it wouldn't normally be, but yeah. that's going to be the safest thing to do. And that's what I care about more than anything else is safety. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. With so many people. And then, you know, people have to consider you said, you said the. Um, the oils, which is the best thing to do um, if you want to preserve a deck. A lot of people will paint decks, and that's not always, or put a coating on a deck, a wood deck. And, yeah, it might look good at first, but it's not always the best thing to do. And we're going to talk about that throughout the show as well. Uh, I was going to say, other than shingles, the walking surface of a deck is probably the highest wear surface on the exterior of your home, notwithstanding concrete driveways and patios yeah so yeah. yeah and we have a show full it's of it. be fun and taking your phone calls with any and all of your housing questions at 888-654-GUYS or 888-654-4897 speaking of extreme weathering and roofs <laughs> you should not have to replace your roof every 10 15 even 20 years anymore but if you if you don't have the right roofing company with the right system oh boy you're gonna waste money a company with a reputation for honesty ethics and putting on great roofs is Kearns Brothers. You have housing questions? The Inside Outside guys on WJR have the answers. Here are Ken and Chuck. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you being with us. 888-654-4897. We'd love to hear from you if you got any questions or comments. Now, yesterday you got on a big kick. You came in all fired up, you know, because you're you are the green guy. You like to make sure everything stays nice and green. And you were very upset because you did some research on, a, on a, a chemical called dihydrogen monoxide. And you found out it's in just about everything, including weed killers and, and, and uh, pest control, right? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's insidious. And you want it gone. It's invasive. <laughs> and you want it gone. And we probably shouldn't have left the show yesterday without explaining the truth of it. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but you know what? That's an age thing. Dihydrogen <laughs> monoxide. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Phone lines are open for any and all of your housing questions. 
So what do you say, Chuck? People maybe grab a flashlight and a uh, small Phillips screwdriver. If they're gonna start. Oh, you're talking about a deck examination. Talking about a deck examination. Yeah, or even yes. an awl. You know, if you have a an ice pick. An awl. Come on. <laughs> No one knows what an all is anymore, Chuck. All People is. your age know <laughs> what an all is. Age. That's why I said ice pick. There's a tool that, uh, uh, particularly leather, you know, belt makers, saddler, saddle, who, what do they call the people that made saddles and bridles? And, Saddle makers, I have no idea. There, there is a term. Attack. Attack yeah. Words there, but. Anyway, uh, they used to use, uh, but long story short, something that we would all associate with an ice pick, a carpenter's tool, was an awl used for marking locations for drilling and that kind of thing. But that's a good probe for, yeah. for wood that gets punky or rotted or uh, that kind of thing. And, and some of the places people want to look is wherever there's a connection. Yep. That's your main thing. Wherever there's the fastener connection where a post meets the frame of the deck or, like we said earlier, where the deck meets the house. Ideally, like Chuck said, if it's, if it's not a real tall deck, it's a lot easier to make it not attached to the house. Fair to say? Oh, yeah. Yep, 100%. Um, and it's funny. There's just – there are approved – well, actually, the code has really gotten into this over the last several decades because of the issue of people – Doing decks as a DIY project and not properly flashing and counter flashing where they connect to the house, and 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 that becomes a, a place for for rot and then failure because it's a key connection. One thing you can do too is go inside your basement and look at the back side of the perimeter floor frame where that deck is likely attached. Right. Right. See if there's any indication of rot, you know, or uh, pull through maybe maybe where some of the connections. One thing I noticed a lot of people did, a lot of carpenters did, maybe it's good or bad, but when they were putting the lag bolts in, connect to the house or really anywhere, they just drove them so far home where they actually concaved into the wood a little bit. Sure. And I don't know how good that is because, in my, in my opinion, you're almost damaging the wood at those We in, always use washers areas. with product Perfect. like that, yeah. for one thing. Uh, and with fresh wood, you do want to do that because it's going to dry out and shrink, typically treated wood, you know, right. has a high moisture content when you install it. But rather than even a lag, we like a high-quality bolt because I can, I can easily adjust and tighten bolts Right. You know, over time, uh, whereas lags might strip a bolt. It doesn't even matter. At the ledger, yeah. you'd, if you're attached to the house, you'd use lags up. No, I'd still use a bolt. And where we're, on the inside, you try to go on the inside? Absolutely. It'd be a long bolt, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, <laughs> um, there's a product... I can't. Uh, I think Simpson Strong Time makes them, but it literally attaches back to the floor joists. So you're using an extended bolt. I mean, it might be 18, 20 inches wow. long. Wow. But in effect, what you're doing is sucking the outside of that deck up uh, against floor joists, kind of sure. forcing them together. Sure. Uh, and it, it, it doesn't depend then on that, what we call that rim joist, that exterior uh, piece of material that, that boxes in the floor, the floor joist of the house. And for those who listen, a lag is basically a real heavy-duty uh, bolt with a point on it. It does not need a nut at the end. Yeah, functionally a screw, but a thick, yeah, heavy-duty heavy <laughs> screw. Absolutely. Hey, uh, let's, let's continue to talk to Dex and talk to Roy from Chesterfield. Good morning, Roy. You're on with the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Hi guys, thanks for taking my call. Anytime. Uh, I had a question about the cedar deck that I have. Um, built it about six years ago. 
I uh, so I go through about six years ago. You know, we'll, let's bring it for the first couple of years. Uh, then I'll power wash it. Sometimes I'll sand it. Uh, and I'm using this product. I think it's called TWP or TPW. Basically, just a clear coat cedar, you know, refinish. But now it's six years old. And it seems like I'm doing that every year. And you know, within a few weeks or even a month, it looks bad again. I was actually toying with the idea of painting it, but I would hate to do that because I like the cedar and the grain and everything like that. So I guess I was wondering if there's any other thoughts or ideas that you had so that it would last a little bit longer than, you know, a month and start looking bad again. Chuck, if you were to put a cedar deck on six years ago, what kind of maintenance would you have done to it to this point? Well, either nothing. <laughs> or what or what Mike or, or if I was inspired by my marital relationship to preserve that initial beauty uh I'd probably be using a, a tongue oil and linseed oil uh and there's a little bit of a trick to mixing those initially and applying them but when that's done it it, it it's a lot better preservative uh, of both the color and the wood itself because initially you dilute it with a solvent, and if you, are, if if like me you care about Mother Earth as compared to Ken, <laughs> there are citrus solvents you can dilute with rather than uh, petroleum-based solvents you can dilute with. But the idea is, is it goes into the wood. It's a natural preservative, yeah. yeah, and it's an oil. Uh, it's a plant oil, but it's still an oil. And and Mike, this isn't just for you; it's for everyone else listening. Because this is a question we get a lot. Yeah. And if somebody is going to have a cedar deck put on which a lot of people have have done recently because of, they're beautiful. They're, be they're yeah. beautiful. You're going to decide before you put that deck on whether you want to do a lot of maintenance to it or you like the gray look because that's what cedar is. It turns gray, but it is the best natural defensive wood that you can put on. That makes sense, right? Yeah, it, it seems like the problem I'm having is, is when I power wash it, you know, it gets a little fuzzy, right? And then sure. the fuzziness or whatever, it just the weather. It rains, the grime gets in there, and immediately it looks, you know, dingy, dirty. Yeah. It's a very soft wood, and when you power wash it, you're actually yeah. opening up those pores even further. And that, that becomes, once it's dried out, an ideal time to put something like a tongue oil on it. Um, but it's a very slow cure product, so you wouldn't want to do it, you know. If you have a party coming up. Yeah, <laughs> Thursday and then plan on using it Sunday. Um, so that's actually to the benefit of you putting on a good penetrating oil product. Uh, but, so you know, just power washing. maybe it's oil product that I should be using. Yeah. I, I would. Actually, if it was mine product. and I wanted to preserve yeah. that look uh, and help preserve the wood, yeah, yeah, I would do that. All right. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully right. that helps, Roy. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Right. Stay in hey, touch. When we get back from break, we're going to talk to Mike from Waterford, who has a question about what I'm going to call right now crazing. So, Mike, you can look that up during the, during the break. We'll talk about it when we get back. In the meantime, what, what, what's, a, what's a real lifetime warranty window, Chuck? What does that include? I mean, for for you and I being spoiled with great team partners, it literally is something where as long as you live in that house or as long as that house stands, this company's going to replace broken glass, torn screens, failing parts. Never replace a window again if you call Window World. Here for you today and every day. 
This is the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Here are Chuck and Ken. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, 888-654-4897 is the number. We'd love to chat with you today. Let's go to the phones and talk to Mike in Waterford. Good morning, Mike. You're on with the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Do you have some concrete poured recently? I do. I had it poured last year, um, and this year I've noticed quite a few cracks. Nothing very spacious, but just uh, thin cracks all at different locations of the concrete. I want to seal okay. it where it doesn't get the moisture inside and then go further with the cracking. What would you recommend? Uh, well, here's one question. Did they put s- steel in your concrete? Yeah. Good. All right. That's good. That, that really helps. Um, in Waterford, there's two places you can go. One is in Novi and one is in Auburn Hills. And they both have products called Vexcon, and it is a uh, it's a it's a sealer. They got high gloss, they got no gloss, but there's also anti-slip agent in it. And if you roll that over top of your concrete, it will definitely help it. Now, you know we always talk about how concrete cracks, and if those look like spider webs, that's probably something called crazing, C-R-A-Z-I-N-G. And basically, that happens if you know the top starts to set up faster than the rest below it. And it happens all the time, but if you keep a seal around it, you should be in good shape. Yeah, there was no crazing going on, just other cracks, very minute. Hairline cracks. cracks. Okay. Well, if you got steel in there, those cracks should not open up. The steel should keep those cracks nice and tight. Okay. Fantastic. What uh, locations did you, Auburn Hills? Auburn Hills. If you want to send us an email, we can get you locations. One is Contractors Connection on Auburn Road and Auburn Hills. And then the other one is Cougar Cutting on 12 Mile Road in Novi, right by Beck Road. Okay. All right. Good luck. Very good. Appreciate it. Thank Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You know, some of those sealers, Chuck, you you can spend $500 for a five-gallon pail on some of those sealers. It's crazy, isn't it? It it is crazy, but it's not necessary. This product is a very good product that's used all the time by the professionals. There used to be something out there that was really popular. It's still out there called Diamond Clear. Yes. I believe it was a oh, yeah. material. Yeah. And the problem with the diamond clear is when you put it over top of a, a decorative concrete surface, is it didn't breathe. So water's going to get in. It's going to come in from underneath. And if it can't get out, everyone's going to remember this, and you don't see it as much anymore. You'd see cloudy, yeah. or it'd actually turn it yellow. And people picture I, it. I, I, I was supposed to have a beautiful brown. I always think of the old picnic tables with varnish. Yes. You get the same dynamic yes. Yes. below yes. the varnish. Now, these breathables allow that moisture to migrate out where you don't get that blocking and uh, a lot better. Definitely yeah. a lot better. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. When we – the cedar deck, because we get, we get a lot of emails on cedar. People love cedar decks. We want to make something really clear to people. If you're going to decide to get a cedar deck, you've got to decide on one of two things. Either you are going to have a continual maintenance project with the cedar deck, or you like to color gray. Is that fair to say? Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it does turn gray. Cedar doesn't stay cedar staying color forever. It turns a dull gray. I always think of what you see, uh, you know, out at Martha's Vineyard or something, you know, the pictures of the homes on the Atlantic coast. Uh, because historically, uh, they used a lot of high-quality hardwood cedar 
Ken mentioned earlier, it's it's a naturally uh, preserved wood, so it's an excellent product. But they they kind of let let that stuff weather, right? And and it was very common to do it, and it doesn't hurt it. So. If somebody gets a composite deck, if they say, okay, you know what, I don't want maintenance at all, I'm going to get a composite deck. Um, Chuck, that'd be me. That'd be you. Does that eliminate maintenance? Once they get that composite deck, does that eliminate the maintenance? No, it doesn't eliminate it, but boy, it radically reduces any issues. <laughs> I mean, if we power wash every every year or two, uh, I'm good with it. We have a darker color. You know, if you had a lighter Go color, then you're going to, yeah, you're right. going to show more than that. That's an old product. You know, gosh, that's probably 15, yeah. 16 years. We tore off the, the womanized, which I hated to do because it was a great womanized, but we did. And uh, so, so again, that's that's probably a second or third generation product compared to what might be a 10th generation Trex type product today right right well luckily for that you got a lot of drainable draining soil around that so oh we do no water's going to stick around anywhere in that yeah part. and we have a boardwalk you know and that well-drained soil underneath it you're right helps a lot yeah and so so the difference in some of these decks which we're trying to explain is some can be literally right to the ground where you can't get underneath it only thing to get underneath it are critters some can be maybe 12 to 15 inches above ground and it all depends where your door height is on the house obviously and where your grade is and then some like mine, uh, you know, you got eight nine feet up in the air, which you have to pay even more attention to. Oh yeah. Um, and besides the connections, wherever you want to meet those connections, you want to check those being funky. You also want to check if you've got a wood deck where it meets the house, and every place there's a joint, every place a two piece of wood meet. You want to probe and see if any of that is is uh, punky or loose or rotten or anything. Exactly. Like that. Um, it, it's funny, even line of sight issues. Just stand back, you know, 30, 40 feet from the deck and sight down the sides of it or walk around, and, you know, turn 90 degrees and sight down the front of it and see if anything is dipping or sloping. Yes, yes. That might indicate a pole that's sinking. You were dealing with one of those a couple of weeks ago, I think. I you were was, telling I, me. No, actually, another job. We have actually one that's coming up too much. It wasn't, the foundation was not put deep enough in. It gets no sun whatsoever in that area. So, so the frost frosty. and heaving it up. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, another thing too, people that are tearing off uh, a womanized wood deck and replacing it with tracks, a lot of that womanized wood decking was originally inch and a quarter nominally. So it could span 16 inch, well, 14 and a half inches for 16 inch on center spacing joists and it wouldn't dip. You put a Trex product on there, and oh, you yeah. may find that over time it is dipping in between those joists, and you may have to uh, huh, make an accommodation there, take it back up, flip them over, hope you can make them work. But the idea is make sure that the span rating for the product you're putting down uh, of whatever's holding it up is appropriate. Now, you keep saying Trex, and that is the, the Kleenex name for, yeah. for the composite decks. They're, they're one of the originals, one of the best, obviously. Yeah. I had that issue because my deck, which I'm going to be replacing, uh, actually has two foot. It's a womanized two-by-six, which is gone now, basically. Okay. But all the spans are two foot apart. Oh, are they really? Yes. Wow. And those are two-by-eights. So I'm going to bring in probably two-by-six. So they, you probably have a five-quarter on there originally. Yeah, then. We'll... yeah. Yeah, but that's Which was a great product. It was. We had no dipping. There was no yeah. dipping in the wood at all. Great product. Um, but when I put trucks on, the two-foot spans are way Ain't going to work. Apart. No, because what's going to happen <laughs> is you're going to actually see a dip between each one of those joists. Yeah, guaranteed. So, so I'm thinking I come in with a 2x6, maybe a 2x4, and put them across there. Yeah, I'd probably do at least a 6. A 6 yeah. on the side. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
because we don't want that to happen. When you spend that much money on on this, on, on lumber, any deck, you don't want to see any of this kind of stuff oh, happen. Oh, gosh. No, and it ain't if, it's when. Right. Yeah, right. you're so right about that. <laughs> 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Phone lines are open. Now, what about um, steps on a deck, going oh. up and down steps? That is one of the most – one of the issues people have, we see a lot – is they don't even think about steps where they build a deck. And then they build the decks and realize they do not have a good distance to make even steps. That makes sense? Or too tight. So you'll see some decks yeah. that literally have a 12-inch tread or or 8-inch tread. They don't have a good yes. horizontal, what they call a run, so exactly. you can walk out away safely away from the deck. Yeah. Exactly. And you and I have said it in the past. I, th- I think stairs are an art form. Yes. Oh, I and I don't believe just anybody can build stairs uh, safely. You are now, I, but you are 100% right because I know I can't. There's so much yeah, good math that has to be done yeah. to do a good set of stairs. I mean, a couple steps, yeah, three steps, yeah. Sure. Or we just go by, by, by the stringers. <laughs> but when you're talking a large run, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. And it's a safety issue. You and I talked about that, you know, on the cusp of the aging in place stuff. But. You know, you don't have to be 80 years old to be in jeopardy on an unsafe stair. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yep. So make sure the stairs, um, check out the codes. Those codes have to be, the tread, I believe, is what, 13, Chuck? has to be at least 13. Actually, no. Michigan is looser than the rest of the country. It figures. Um, we did that article maybe, what, a month ago on stairs, so people can still reference it. But eight and a quarter and nine is the stair geometry that's minimum stair geometry in Michigan, whether it's interior or exterior. And that would be for the tread. And that would be eight and a quarter would be the highest possible step up. Right. And nine would be the least distance of the tread. Eight and a quarter with I'm fine, even though that will get again, hard. Again, that's step up. That's the rise. Yeah. Yeah. That will get hard for people as an eight and a quarter can be a high step for an elderly person. If you're climbing a 13 riser stair, a typical run from first to second floor, that can be a fatiguing riser uh, to climb. Right. It, it's amazing as compared to a seven and a half, seven and three quarter inch riser. Everyone knows what those precast steps are. You see them all the time, the concrete precast steps. Those are 13 inches. And yeah. to me, that's almost too little. Okay, nine is, is it? way too little for me. Well, you know what's funny? Because if you get too far out with the tread, then it becomes an uncomfortable gate, if you will, right. for various body types and sizes. Right. Because it has to accommodate everything from a five year old to a 90 year old. You know? Interesting discussion. We'll have to continue. Yeah, we'll continue we this. And also, we are going to talk about things that people want to do in the fall time. Uh, things as fall well, is coming up. Or this some is of the a great you, fall thing to do. You're absolutely right. So, hey, let's do this. If you're uh, going in the fall, you want to make sure that your furnace runs right <laughs> in the cold weather. You need to get a clean and check by Colonial Heating and Cooling. Find professional contractors you can trust at InsideOutsideGuys.com. Now, once again, here are Ken Calverly and Chuck Bridenstine. Welcome back, everybody. We do appreciate you being with us, having a lot of fun, but we'll have even more fun if you have questions that you can verbalize live on the telephones at 888-654-4897. You know, you and I have to What's that? explain the uh, issue that we've been you know, throwing out there for the last couple of days with the... Uh, Dihydrogen monoxide. Yeah, you know, we cannot let the show end. Well, 
Whenever you're ready, pal. All right. Whenever you're ready. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. We decided today that we're going to talk about decks. Um, like I said when we started the show, you can go on Google right now and look up deck collapse. And I'm sure you'll see some that's happened in the last week um, here in the United States because it does happen. Would our, would our article still be on our Facebook page from last fall on that? Well, they'd have to go way back <laughs> to yeah. find it. They'd have to go but way it would still it. exist. Yeah, I'm sure. And it, it would still exist yeah. at DetroitNews.com. Yeah, and you know what's funny is we got to find a way to get all those listed on the on the homepage. Now that you mentioned, I'm sure we do an are. index of topics. And in, well, of all the ones we've had over the last year. Yeah, that's a great. I'm, I'm sure we could do that. Incredibly lucid. It's early on a Sunday. Too. That's a good idea, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Now we're talking different kinds of decks. We're talking womanized. We're talking cedar, and we're talking um, uh, the trex type products. Yeah, yeah, the composite yeah, decks. The composites. composite decks, which are still people make sure they know. Have an organic material component. in them. You know, component. it's funny. I don't like to use the word composite, and I know the industry still does, and it's proper. And it, but I, when, every time you say composite, I think of the original crap. Or excuse me, no, composite. Yeah, it was. It was heavily laced with wood product, yeah. and that wood product contributed to the early demise of a of the material that you put down and and it really was it was bad product yeah it was and it was field <laughs> experimented with in the field wasn't it a lot yeah. of people spent a lot of money to get it and then had to replace it r&d in the field research yeah. development in the field but what they had now i remember we've been to seeing some it used to be a lot of the home shows that was all plastic it was an all plastic which they I, still make a heavy vinyl in it's beautiful stuff. This guy actually had all the framing in plastic, too, but I remember the price was just unbelievable. You'd oh. never have to mess with it again. But. You're familiar with um, the Osable Inn in Oscoda. Oh, goodness, yes. And they, they early on, did an all-vinyl rear deck, you know, for eating tables, uh, you know, right on the river. The stamped concrete all around that, too, yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And it it's held up extremely well. I mean, I'm sure they spent a small fortune when they first did it. But other than a light power wash every year, right, got to be totally maintenance-free. And the most that's ever going to get on is a little bit of mildew, yeah. um, which is easy to power wash yeah. off. With the composites that had that had more of the organic products, when we say organics, it was sawdust is, is what it was. Yeah, it was, it was filler almost. Wood stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's where you saw a lot of the early destruction. I mean, another way to put it, it just yeah. didn't last. But with the new product, there's much less of that oh. in there, much, much less. And, and I could sell the new product. Right. Oh yeah, I I'd feel too. guilty if I had sold the old product. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the best thing I can do is say that because I, I would never want to sell you a product that I don't feel really good about. Right. No, that's absolutely right. That's right. So today, uh, price point wise, a lot of those, you know, the uh, composite decks that they have a good, better, and best product. Okay, you want to ask us what the difference of those good, better, and best products are? It's probably that content. Yeah, yeah. probably the content. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even to the point of a fully extruded. 100% vinyl, virgin vinyl product. Yeah. Right. Um, it's funny because those literally are built, if you look at cross-sections of that of those various products, they're built like the high-end window frames. Yeah, you're right. You know, mm -hmm. uh, something that Niall Sheena might show us, you know, when he's showing us, you know, his high-end window, vinyl window. Uh, and it is. It's amazingly strong. It's beautiful. It's available in different colors that are color fast anymore. I mean, it's, it, but it's pricey. It is pricey. Yeah, it's pricey. Now, what about cross-section support, Chuck? What's, what's, 
What's your opinion? How far can you go out with just one support? How far are you comfortable going out with just one support? Now, when you say one support, you mean like one beam? Yes. And yeah. you're connected to the house in the back? Yep. Uh, it, it's all species, spacing, and sizing. So my floor joists, how big are they? What species are they? Uh, and how close are they? Excellent. Together are they? Well, that's a lot to talk about right there. The okay. three S's. <laughs> we, we mentioned that in our article, you know, from from... Uh, back in the day. Right. Um, so, for instance, you mentioned two by eights. Uh, I'm probably not going to span more than, especially two foot on center. I'm sure the code would let you go around 10 feet. I would never do it. Okay, 10 feet out. Yeah. Okay. And when I say span, we mean literally between supports. You know, you got you got roughly 10 feet. Um, you know, if it's me, I'm always, I've always been very conservative with that. I hate floors and decks that bounce. I'm the same way. I, I'd rather drives me up a wall. Spend a, a small percentage more and put an extra support in. Yeah. It. Yeah. If if the code allows two by eights, I'd rather use two by tens. If the code allows 24 inch on center spacing, I'd rather go 16 inch on center spacing. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Now I want people to hear this because you know Chuck's done a ton of this. And he's talking about code. And you hear the inside-outside guys say all the time, when someone comes to your house and say, we do everything up to code. Not necessarily <laughs> a good thing. No. Code is the minimum. We want above code. You know, code for concrete is a, a, a 4,000 or 3,500 or 3,000 PSI sand, no steel. That's code. You can get away with that. But what you want is a crushed concrete base. You want a 4,000 PSI. You want steel throughout everything. So when people come to your house, tell you they're going to do something, you want to hear above code. And it's funny that you say that, too, and, and I'll shut up. I'll keep this short. But code often deals with specification only and not the actual uh, yeah. uh, art of installing it, which has everything to do with the cure and the product like concrete. Great point. Hey, we got a couple minutes left. Let's talk to Bob in Novi. Good morning, Bob. You're on with the guys. Good morning. Um, I had a quick question. I've got the... Uh situation where the very, uh, I guess I'd call it the apron of my garage floor, the part that sticks out from the garage door is crumbling, and um, it's really bad. Under I've got a three-car garage, so it's really bad in the center part where I pull in and out. Um, I've had the floor um, uh, coated with um, uh, whatever the... Uh, Epoxy? Whatever they use on garage for farming. Okay. An epoxy product? Epoxy, I'm sorry, that's exactly. I had it epoxied, and um, I guess the, somehow the uh, moisture came up from below, or uh, maybe it's attributed to something I put on for uh, ice. I don't know which. But anyway, I'm trying to figure out the best way to repair that. I understand that you can't just put something, a layer of something on top of it. It probably should be cut and replaced. Um, the problem I'm having is I can't find anybody to even come out and look at it. Now, what about displacement? Is it mainly just a lot of flaking? Or are you having any wide cracks, any um, any trip hazards, toe stubbers? No. I actually have uh, in the center garage, uh, the center door of the garage where I, I use all the time, I actually have a, uh, probably a uh, half inch to an inch pit of where chunks of concrete come up. 
Okay, tell you what, if you don't mind listening, we get back from break, we'll definitely answer your question. Um, we get back from break, Bob. Thank you very much. In the meantime, you heard us last week. You're Tim Percasey at One Hour Show, a company that's been with us since, I believe, 2010. And he's got a great free offer for our listeners with an upgrade to a tremendous shingle product with a lifetime warranty. You must be talking about Pro Home Improvement. It's the Inside Outside Guys on News Talk 760 WJR with housing information you can trust. Now here's the Inside Guy, Chuck Bridenstine, and the Outside Guy, Ken Calverly. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, welcome back. We appreciate you being with us. Um, want to remind you, the phone lines are open during the next hour for you, 888-654-4897. Um, Ken, I, I want to suggest that maybe we can... Uh, reduce people's anxiety, improve their quality of life. Uh, all we got to do is destroy all the houses out there uh, that are built as cubes and build them as octagons. Okay. A phrenologist in the 1850s. A what? A vegetarian phrenologist. Uh, okay. Phrenologist. Hold on. Let me look it up. <laughs> Named Orson Squire Fowler argued that eight-sided homes provided the best light, ventilation, and beneficial living space. His theory touched off a building fad, and apparently, and I'd like to know if anybody's aware of any of these houses, several hundred of these octagonal homes survive around the United States of America to this day based on this guy's belief that they were a better better shape to live in. It's interesting because you, you remember years ago, decades ago, the pyramid if you could live in a pyramid, you'd have greater calm, greater wisdom. I remember that being uh, proposed with the geodesic domes back in the 80s when people were building uh, hemisphere-shaped houses and saying, you know, that, that, that it's, it's better for the psychology, better for your anxiety. Huh. Okay. Phrenologist, I think it has to do with human behavior. Yeah, okay, enough. Hey, we had a call just before a break. Thank you, Danielle, by the way. Bob, <laughs> I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I get it. <laughs> I'm called. Kind of like me in the McDonald's drive-thru thing I was telling you. I've been ignored by better people than you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> right, right? I told you how they stress me out, right? Same thing? You got to calm I do need to calm down. down. You're right. But Bob called from Novi asking about the repair on the concrete Actually floor. a great question, I, it, I really it, think. It was a great question. And one of the problems... One of the things Bob did wrong was at the time when he put the um, epoxy down. That was probably the best best product out there at the time. Today they got Motor City Floors and Coatings, which is a polyurea, which is 15 times, I believe. Or four. Well, it actually bonds with the concrete rather right. than lays on top of it. And th this is his apron out in front of his garage floor, concrete apron, right? Yes, yes. Now, a lot of times what happens is when you shut the garage door, right where the garage door meets, because just that little bit of garage floor gets the uh, gets the weather where the end part doesn't. That will just start flaking up like crazy. So the reason I ask about displacement, if you don't have any major displacement, I would give Motor City Floors and Coatings a call and let them come out because if they can now, do it. what do you it, mean by displacement? Any um, a trip hazards, if any of the concrete inside, I tell you, I have seen so much of this in my time. A lot of garage floors will have a bump up in the back, a step up where people will put their products in case a curb. of a flub, a curb. We built a lot of those for people. And when they do this, the, uh, a lot of the builders, they didn't tamp it first. So there literally, I saw one recently where there was a two-foot void underneath it, okay? I know. So these things those will displace. collapse. Yeah, like crazy. Yeah. And as long as none of that is happening, I would call Motor City Floors and Coatings. But if you have major displacement, 
you mentioned it, Bob. You, you may need to look at um, cutting it out, um, cut it around the edge and replacing the floor, but this time with a crushed concrete base and a steel reinforcement. And if you go to the insideoutsideguys.com and go under concrete um, floors, walkways, you'll find Motor City Floors and Coatings, and you'll find Michigan Remodelers, both who can help you out. Yeah, bits. good advice. Okay. 888-654-GUYS. Let's talk to Rosalie in St. Clair Shores. Good morning, Rosalie. You're on with the guys. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm not certain who I should call. I have a good plumber, and I have a good um, furnace and air conditioning man. I'll tell you what the problem is. There's a, a tube, like a P PFC or PVC tube, that comes out, and then there's a hose that comes out, and it drains into the floor drain. And that's fine, except for when it overflows. So what I do is I go down there and I plunge it, and it's fine for a couple of weeks. And then it just happened again right now. I don't know who so this, call. So this is the... Um from the furnace, you know. The, yeah, the condensate uh, thank drain. You, the condensate drain. Yeah. Okay, uh -huh. and you're saying your floor drain gets plugged up? Yes. Okay, I'd be a plumber. I'd be a plumber. Yep, and uh, I'd call oh, someone okay. like Waterwork, Waterwork Plumbing or... Um, Got to be a good plumber. plumber. Yes. <laughs> and they can come out okay. and they can get that. They, I'm sure they... How old's the house? Oh, the house was built in 1956. It's the old St. Clair Ranch. Oh, yeah, okay. I can picture it. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, they'll take a look down there. They'll send a camera down there, and if you have a blockage, a major blockage, they can tell you how to fix it, or if it's just a plugged uh, plug pipe, they can unplug it. Yep. Oh, okay, so it's it's nothing very major. No. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. No. Okay, very good. Um, you, What do you guys put our uh, our chimney back together when it fell off? Many, many years ago, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, many, many years was. ago. Still, he used to be good so at something. Still, still standing. Well, that's good. That's so good am to, I. Yeah, thank God it is. Okay, Great. Okay, thank you very much for the information. Have a good day. God bless you. Thank, thank you, you, Rosalie, very much. Well, I got right. a lot of that in the day. Man. There was a time in my early career where I had a little woody station wagon, and I would strap a wheelbarrow on top of the woody station not a surfboard wagon. no and that's what i did all my all work by myself beach boys almost sang about you you're right almost with your woody <laughs> <laughs> you know people still getting water coming in their basements still got foundation issues that they haven't resolved that they need to resolve before the wet fall season yeah if you have a crawl space and it's wet under there it's not going to get any drier coming up in the fall so we want you to call ever dry you have housing questions the Inside Outside guys on WJR have the answers. Here are Ken and Chuck. Welcome back to the show, everyone. With over 80 years of housing experience, the Inside Outside guys are your number one source for any and all of your housing needs. There is not a piece, a, a house, that neither Chuck or I haven't touched in our lifetime. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Phone lines are open now. Chuck, Rosalie called a minute ago asking about her floor drain, and it sounds like she just has a blockage down her floor drain. Do you believe this is something that people should do? Let's say if someone's been in a house for the last 30 years, a lot of people in their house, 30, 40, 50 years, they never had an issue. Is it time that they should get a plumber, 
you know, they come out and take a look at those floor drains. Scope them. Scope them out. And it's an investment. It's an insurance. People don't like spending the money. But with a house that old, those that to me would be one of the things I'd want to keep a close eye on. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, for probably a $400 bill, you could have that done. And, again, be there when they scope it, look at it, see it. Um, you'll educate yourself on, you know, where you're at with it. Heck yes, because those pipes are your responsibility. You know, also, uh, we, again, one of our articles dealt with drain waste vent systems and maintaining them and just keeping them clean. You know, if you occasionally went, she said, just plunging it, cleared that out. So it can't be anything too serious down there. Good point, yeah. But if she did put a little Drano down in there, you know, again, we don't believe in overusing product like that, but once in a while... It, it's a good thing to have to dissolve and break up whatever's in there. That's a good point. And then rinse it with a lot of clear water, hot water afterwards. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. 888-654-GUYS. Let's talk to Nancy in Shelby Township. Good morning, Nancy. You're on with the guys. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a cottage that I purchased approximately three years ago on Higgins Lake. And it has nice. a composite deck. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's worn really pretty well, and I've power washed it a couple times, and I've noticed some of it is a little bit discoloring, just certain areas. Is this something that could be from the power washing? I know you guys mentioned there's a lot of different types of composite, and I have no idea what kind this is. What should I do with this discoloring of my concerns be? It depends if it's caused, you know, some people, uh, the oils that people put on their bodies to sunbathe can stain and get in that composite material. And, and the, the material is more porous than people think it is. You know, it seems like it wouldn't absorb anything, but it does absorb different product right. if it's left on there. Right. right. So it may be a little tougher to get something like that out, especially of a composite. Well, I, don't, I don't know that it's a stain. Um, it just seems like it's discoloring. Is it okay to power wash this? Well, it, yeah, yeah, but we always warn power washers. Anyone using a power <laughs> washer, make sure it's a very wide stream held at least 18 inches away because you can do some serious damage to a composite oh, deck. You could etch with, it with very quickly. Wash. You could etch it, yeah, etch it very quickly. Um, now, they also, for people who know it, Rust Oleum makes a composite deck restore product yeah. as well. Yeah. So maybe if you try that on the area, it might make it blend all together. But we're going to say something else like we always do. First, try it on a far end. Well, know. if you've got a scrap piece somewhere. There you go. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. 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 I have that. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm wondering if I'm, of course, when you power wash it, you like it when you're closer and more intense because it does a better job. But maybe I'm doing it too close. Yeah. You, 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 know, you, you may be. You really got to get a feel for it. I always tell any, when I was raising the kids or, or training employees, you have to feel the car or the tool, or, you know, the instrument you're using. And the, the power washer, truly, isn't that, isn't that it? You really develop a... Yes, grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> like it's got to be a part of you. You truly do, though. You have to be aware of what it's doing, you know, and, and the force that, that's available in sure. the palm of your hand there. I know it sounds crazy. Just, but just like vinyl <laughs> siding, just like some kinds of vinyl no. siding, you may you may be experiencing fading, you know, in, in certain areas more than staining. Uh, maybe one part gets more... Uh, more shade, a lot more shade, so it's starting to weather. It's a little bit different. Is that possible? Mm-hmm. But you're, you're saying 
not in that area. It's not. Okay. So you're saying keep the the power washer of distance. It's what'd you say, twelve inches? Depends on the nozzle and the power wash and the pressure. You know what? You, you practice on concrete. I mean, that's the best place you could practice on. You get a, the widest stream possible, and you may need to get closer to get certain stains off. And a scrap. But keep it yeah. moving. You, have to, you never want to even stop for a second because that could put too much pressure in that one okay. spot, and you could etch it very easily. You know, you might try a dilute solution of Dawn and warm water. There you go. Soak with a, a stiff bristle brush on some of those areas and see if uh, that helps. You're not going to hurt it at all. Okay. All right. Well, I really appreciate you guys. You guys are a wealth of knowledge, and um, I'll try that. Thank you so much for taking my Stay call. Stay in touch with us, and if you drive by the island on Higgins, wave to my goddaughter. She and her husband bought a place <laughs> here a year ago. <laughs> Thank oh, you very she much. Did. did she? Okay. okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you. You're very welcome. No, Thank I you. Somebody who did that. I I uh, sold a doc to somebody, and their partner uh, from Ann Arbor, I think, or U of M, bought a place. Oh, that's funny because, island. yeah, her husband uh, interacts with a lot of orthopedes, and they occasionally have several of them up there and entertain them for the weekend. So, <laughs> sounds like fun. Well, you know, we often. That's a lot of work to have a place on the island. I'm like thinking, what do you do when you need a new refrigerator and a new stove? And oh, have a good it's job. Beautiful. It's secluded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're related <laughs> they to Chuck's. So you know, they got a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you guys are great. I really enjoy listening to you guys, and um, I'll try that. Thank you. And I'll wait to your uh, granddaughter. God, who is it? Your goddaughter? My goddaughter, you betcha. They don't. They don't okay, invite Chuck up name? there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kelly Duty. Kelly, okay. Good lady. All right. Thank, thank you very so much. much. God bless you. You know, we used to thank scuba you, dive on that you. lake when I was young, and, and it's oh. always been such a crystal clear yeah. lake, and it's deep enough that you could do some things and enjoy. I, I, I've always loved Higgins Lake. You know, I'm looking at this while you while you were you know. Talking, I was looking at this Rust-Oleum product, the composite deck, because it's kind of stuff. Now, is that a paint product, though? No. Okay. No. Composite deck refresh is what it's called. I'm trying to see what they use in it. Um, but it protects against UV rays, uh, resists mold and mildew, but I still can't find the ingredients. So what I'm going to do is do some more research on this before, because there are a lot of composite decks refinishing products out there. However... You can very easily screw these up by putting the wrong product on. Well, exactly. That's why I was curious about that, you know, when you mentioned that. Because, yeah, the last thing you'd want to do is spray some kind of a sealer or paint on it that you didn't want long-term on it. Right. Yeah. So, Chuck, just recently I read an article. This happened a while ago about this young man that did a, a report at school. He was asked to do a report. And his report, his report was how terrible dihydrogen monoxide was for the environment. And he got a great grade, and he had, he actually uh, sent out a petition and had just tons of people at his school sign this petition wow. to eliminate dihydrogen monoxide. And if you don't know what that is, we'll let people know after this break, right? Let's do that. You know, you just gave some uh, great input to somebody that's having garage concrete issues. We also had someone call and say, I need my basement painted. I don't want carpet. I want throw rugs, but I need a good surface on my basement floor. You and I have no problem recommending a company that can handle it for them, right? No problem at all. Motor City Floors and Coatings. Here for you today and every day. This is the Inside Outside Guys on WJR.
Here are Chuck and Ken. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. Man, I, I, the show's going fast. It is. It is. It's amazing how fast these shows go. This early in the morning, 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. So if anyone doesn't know, hopefully they do, but I wouldn't have known. If I'm, if I'm at home and I'm hearing... Everyone talk about how dangerous dihydrogen monoxide are. I'm really interested in what it is because I wouldn't have known. I don't remember science class. <laughs> yeah, that was like eighth, ninth grade. Were you high through through science class? <laughs> Not that young, no. <laughs> Not that young, but I, I was a bad kid, okay? It's not big an adult, but the way you said it. I know. Di- but, but dihydrogen monoxide is? H2. Oh, water. And I, I thought it was great when I saw that this young man had done a, uh, a report and got multiple, multiple signatures on to, to eliminate it. To eliminate because it. Because it sounds terrible. I mean, when you live in a world that makes carbon dioxide, you know, so horrible, <laughs> what do you expect, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great example. I, I thought it was hilarious when you brought it to the table yesterday that it, it just shows – People don't study and truly research and think about issues like that. They just react to the first panic and and, and sign the petition. They're going to ban water. I mean, think about that. There was a meme going around um, over the last couple of years. A meme is what you see on Facebook, and it said, I believe everyone should be ma- – I believe mandatory vacations are right. Everyone should be made to take one. And no one saw the word vacation. Everyone saw the word vaccination oh interesting and, and, and everyone and people start you know angry and start saying and everyone go read closer read closer because the time they mandatory were vacation that's yes. cute yeah actually i enjoy cute things like that where people creatively came up with something that's you know it's funny what the heck it's just funny Eight 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 six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine Hey, I want to point up a uh, – we're getting emails from people, and we have been for about the last eight months, you know, about pricing. Uh, something was done two years ago, and it cost X dollars, You're and not. now it costs twice that, and we think we're being ripped off, blah, blah, blah. Man, yeah, ho- hopefully, people, you understand, everything has gone up crazy because of the busy economy, and in some cases – what your neighbor got done isn't what you're getting bid. Yes. Um, gosh, I can think of a hundred different ones. But apples and oranges. Yeah, it, truly. Um, a couple we had gotten had to do with uh, installing check valves because we're recommending that if you don't have one, you have one installed. And people will know somebody that had one installed for $2,000, and their bid is $3,000, and they think they're being ripped off. But we said in our article when we printed that, Every install is different, and there's different quality check valves. You can buy a check valve for 500 bucks, and you can buy a check valve that does the exact same thing for $2,000. Right. Uh, do you have to bust up concrete to install it? How, in thick, the is, how thick is the concrete? Is there, well, steel, exactly. is there steel in the concrete? Or is, are you going through the wall, you, right. know, uh, you know, four feet off the basement floor? So you got to be careful not to compare on the basis of price, but on the basis of specification and the market. 
Now that last that last sentence was going to be my ne- my next point and the market because we have seen prices absolutely explode. Oh. I, even though we said earlier that the price of lumber are coming down, you may have had a price for a standby generator three years ago, let's say five thousand dollars, where today it's going to be seventy five hundred dollars. And someone says, "Holy, you know what? That that's fifty percent higher." Well, yeah. And you know, have you seen the inflation that's going out there? Have you heard about the chip shortage out there? People need to realize when when someone gives you a bid. You have two choices, yes or no. And to try to talk someone down, and we, we've talked about this, we don't want to see people talk or try to negotiate with team partners. And we don't want our team partners, and we suggest that contractors out there do not negotiate your prices. Well, here's how I have, I told, I've said this 13 years ago when we came on the air, when I gave someone a bid to build them a house. Almost without exception, they were obligated culturally to say, yes. that's a lot of money. Can you do it for less? And my response was always, yes, absolutely I can. What do you want to get rid of? Yep. Yep. What do you mean? What? Well, you know what? If we eliminate the hot tub in the master bedroom, the jacuzzi there, I can knock five grand off the price right now. Well, we want the hot tub. Well, then I can't knock that off. What else do you want to get rid of? And I would just negotiate from that perspective. And understand, here's the thing. We changed the spec. Chuck <laughs> could have said, now, if you were not who you are, you could have said, yeah, you know what, let's just take $10,000 off. Okay, I'll do that right now, oh. $10,000, okay? And you could have very easily oh. hid that $10,000 where they never would have known that they would have got a lesser product. Well, and, and the, the sad reality is if it's been proven in study after study after study over the decades. If you say to me, can you lower the price? And I say, yes, I'll take 5000 off. You are not happy. You're right. You will be actually less happy and more anxious because now your concern is that I could have taken more off and you should have asked for more. And, and it's, it's a fascinating dynamic to explore. But that goes two ways. Do you remember the first time you gave someone a bid and they went, yeah. Your first thought was, shoot, I should have asked for more. You know what? <laughs> I've always been real good with it's like this is what I have to have. This is what I need. And – no, no, I yeah. agree with you. That, I know what you're saying. I remember that when I first started, sure. but I got rid of that right away. And I, hey, this is my price. Here's what it is. Doesn't matter what you have in the garage floor. And you get people. Yeah. Can you do any better? And here's my response to people nowadays. Why would I? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> if you don't take it, there are people lined up to take. Why would I do it less for you when I know I can go over there and get more for it? I yeah. don't have. Why would I spend the time doing? Why people, would I? You need to understand that. Unfortunately, right now it is. You know, our real estate. You got buyer and seller's market. Well, it is, <laughs> it's, it's and it fluctuates. When, when it's a, when it's a uh, buyer's market, no one's going to offer me more money to do the work for you. Amen. Amen. You know, they're gonna, so, you know, you got to deal with it as it is. Amen. 888-654-GUYS. Let's talk to Patrick in Sarnia. Good morning, Patrick. You're on with the guys. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks again for doing these shows. I learn something every week. And you, uh, today I learned that uh, sunbathing oils or whatever can stain a composite uh, deck, which my friend has, and he can't figure out why it's discoloring in one area. But I realize that's where his uh, wife and daughters all sunbathe with um, sunblock on. So, uh, anyway, my question is about I've got a huge, to me, a huge deck. It's probably 30 by 40 L shaped. Um, that's, that's a big it deck. It's very sturdy. I'm very surprised about. Because uh, the house is uh, uh, built in 1950, and I think the deck is at least 30 years old. But it's very cool. solid, and it's built in two pieces, and uh, both pieces are absolutely level. 
And uh, but my problem now is, as you talked about power washing, I suspect over the years I've had this house seven years. I power washed it once. It's probably been power washed I don't know a dozen times in the last thirty years. And of course the grain is opening up and it's starting to rot. As you mentioned, where two pieces of wood meet, I've got maybe six or eight spots where it's deteriorating. So with the price of lumber going up, uh, composite is looking more competitive. My question is, if I want to resurface the deck, leaving the foundation as it is, uh, with a composite, do I have to take the old wood off before I put it down? I mean the the decking on top? Is that what you're asking about? Yes. Yes. Do I have to remove yes. the existing decking, uh, or can I lay the new composite right on top of it? Typically, the manufacturer is going to tell you for any warranty that you've got to take that other wood off. You can't lay it on top of of another wood product. Um, so it kind of depends on how you want to handle that. Um, I see that as places going to trap moisture. Well, it is. Two. And one thing, one thing I had a guy suggest to me years ago that I thought was actually, you know, pretty uh, ingenious, because it's it's tough tearing up that old five quarter if it's still good wood too. But I mean, it's just hard to do, hard work, and it's still stable. And the span thing you and I talked about with the joists. Yep. What if you left that there, but you drilled a pattern of holes through the existing material? and then laid a trex on top of it. You still might void the manufacturer's warranty, but you might do away with the, you know, the issue of moisture being trapped between, between the, two. the two of them. You know, and I thought that was interesting. Or you might take a saw and cut kerfs along the length of the, the decking. So you're cutting little grooves across the length of the decking so air can move underneath it and actually get rid of moisture and then lay your trex right on top of it. I would consider that knowing I might void the manufacturer's warranty, but I'm not suggesting you do it. <laughs> yeah, it is, as you point out, a ton of wood uh, to get rid of. And uh, I, uh, I put new um, hardwood in uh, last year, and I had to take up the old hardwood because it was uh, had been sanded so many times. It was paper thin in some rooms, and even, even that reduced... Uh, amount of wood it was a ton to get rid of and this deck is so big if um you know i, would, I don't even know what i would do with it uh other than have to get one of those uh, uh, bins and have it carted away which is expensive too yeah yeah so rubber wheel dumpster was i guess you've answered yeah i guess if you've answered my question that it, that the warranty i hadn't thought about that uh might be void if i put it on top but on the other yeah. hand it might be worth it uh, to do some take some other action like uh, cutting grooves or drilling holes or what have you. And just, Pat, uh, if you hear Patrick, fingers. if you hear the music, we hate to cut you off, buddy. But we got to go to break. Please let us know how it works out for you. Okay, greatly appreciate the phone call. In the meantime, Woodward Loop, end of it, right in Pontiac. There's a great showroom if you want to look at some windows and some absolutely beautiful doors from a long-term team partner that we trust, Clarkston Window and Door. Find professional contractors you can trust at InsideOutsideGuys.com. Now, once again, here are Ken Calverly and Chuck Bridenstine. Welcome back, Ron. I remind you, during the week, InsideOutsideGuys.com, here for you anytime, the best resource in the Midwest for housing information. Hey, one of our listeners, Ken, in, uh, or at least formerly from Monroeville, Ohio, 
you know okay. where that is? You're you're an Ohio fan. <laughs> Apparently, there's an octagonal <laughs> house in Monroeville, Ohio, and this listener said it was always the talk of the town. So, Lori, thanks for sharing that with us and letting us share it with our audience. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'll tell you something about Ohio, though. Everyone knows I don't like the Buckeyes, but there are the drivers in that state are so much better than drivers in Michigan. You know what? It's a beautiful state too. It it's is. got a lot of neat geography. But you, when you go, everyone knows it goes in Ohio. If you drive in <coughs> Ohio, me. you see troopers everywhere. And I've been going down to Ohio since 2005, and not once have I been, been pulled over or gotten a ticket. You drive calm, you, defensively, you won't get pulled over. But Ohio has far better drivers than people in Michigan. Interesting. I know you won't wow. hear me say stuff like that very often. Wow. But they do. Hey, by the way, you can buy that house for $200,000. Four bedrooms, two baths. Really? 3,500 square feet. Yeah. Wow. Wow, it seems very low. 1858. So that was right in the time frame you and I were talking about. Seems very, you know, we got to get back on. We got to get Jeff Glover back on. Oh, yeah. Because the market has been doing some things lately, and that man knows the market, especially here in Southeast Michigan. Good point. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Chuck, you and I have been talking decks today, and you know we just want to make sure that when everyone goes away, it does not take a long time. You may be talking, I mean, even if you have a deck as big as Patrick's. When everything could, goes away, what do you mean? When we go away, we want people oh. to check their decks. Don't walk away and not walk outside and inspect your deck. Just inspect if nowhere else. Where the deck meets the posts, make sure that it's not the house. Rocky, it's not rotted. Where the deck meets the house? Yes. Or, or the, the pillars. And the railings. Yes, and the railings. Yep. No rot. No yep. rot, no punkiness, nothing like that. Yep. Right? I agree with you. It's important stuff. And gosh, you know, the one time you have an issue, that's right. scary. And this, and the one of the reasons we're saying this is because this is a time of year if you're going to start getting your decks ready, uh, maybe you want to seal your concrete. Now's one of the best time of years to do it, going in to the worst part of the year. So going into the wintertime, people say, no, it doesn't make sense. You want to make it look fresh in spring so it looks great in the, during the summertime. But you want protection on it during the wintertime. So the gentleman who called earlier about his concrete floor or sealing the concrete, this is a great time of year to do that because you'll have more to protect than I'm going into the cold months. Um, we get emails a lot, Chuck, about people saying that they were told that the salt off their cars deteriorate the concrete in their driveways or in their, in their garage floors. Absolutely. Yes. We, we get those emails quite a bit. But if you use a product like Motor City Floors and Coatings or a company like Motor City Floors and Coatings or at least put a sealer on going into the wintertime, those products will not soak into the concrete as much, and it will actually help your concrete last longer. I agree with you. I'm a huge believer in the breathable sealers on outdoor concrete. A huge believer. I have seen, I remember a, a builder buddy of mine getting sued by a homeowner, and literally the concrete in the driveway was pitting and spalling, and it was roughly in the shape of a car on two slabs. And wouldn't you know, that's exactly where they parked that car yep. every day. Yep. And the rest of the concrete was great. It does happen. Yeah. Hey, let's take one last call real quick. Let's talk Good. to uh, Donna in Port Austin. Good morning, Donna. You're on with the guys. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Chuck. Um, hi. We have a um, hi. We have a ranch home, and so the peaks aren't real high. But when it rains real hard and the rain comes down through the valleys, 
it just gushes. I mean, literally just shoots out over and, and hits whatever's on the ground beneath it. And my husband was looking online at some kind of diverters that sure. you can put up there. What would you recommend and um, who would I call to install it, like a roofer or a gutter person? Yeah, both. <laughs> yeah, if you're talking about the actual oh. diverters you put on the roof, I would rather have mm -hmm. a splash shield installed on the gutter and a bigger gutter installed there. In the corner. Yeah, it, uh, it's funny, in our conversation with Tim from Pro Home Improvement, Yep, he was talking about that very issue. And that, to me, would be the best way to go. The diverters, I've actually done that on roofs, but, geez, I don't want to. I know how to do it without creating a leak because well, you have to penetrate the roof yep. to put the diverters up there. Yep. Yeah. And we don't like penetrating the roof ever if you roof. can help yeah. it. I like that. A good six-inch gutter with that splash guard at the end. Yeah, right, right in the corners, you know, yeah. in the, at the end of that valley. Um, that will, so we you're have worried to about replace the, our gutters then? If they're going over that fast um, and you have that much roof, a six-inch gutter is what 40% more water it can yeah. handle. Um, you don't have to replace them. And maybe just do it in, the, in that part of the house where the valleys come down. There you go. Just do half the gutters in six inch. Uh, just a thought. Oh, and then do they, can they like uh, join them to the four inch one? Like, does it keep yeah, down or, or something to match with yeah. the others? Because we just, the house is only four years old. We just had the gutters and the gutter shields put on and everything, at, you know, after the house was built. And, um, now we've got the, the gushing water problem. So I have to get splash shield. Where do I find that? Uh, you know, you could call any professional company uh, from Gutter Systems of Michigan, you know, to Pro Home. They would go out there. Yeah. Right? Or a handyman service, and they're just going to pop rivet those shields on those interior corners of the gutters where the uh, valleys are in your house. And you might just start with that. Uh, it's gonna be pricey because it's a very small project, you know, that requires expertise and ladders. But that might be the best way for you to start. I hate that you just built a brand new house and have new gutters and, and gutter protection. You know, they should have anticipated that. Is, is your roof a gable roof or a hip roof, do you know? Just a, it's it's a modular home. It's a modular ranch. Okay, and so it's probably like gable peak, roof. Like a peak in the front, uh, peak at the front. Okay, decorative. You so, know, where the, so where you the, have a run of of gutter across the front of the house, and you have a run of gutter across the back of the house, basically. Yeah, basically all the way around. Cause yeah, there's it the yeah. So, but there's yeah. only let's see one, two, three, four areas. Where the where it gushes out really badly. I would call Gutter Systems so of then, Michigan and ask them. Uh, and if if they're too busy to get out there, which they might be because it's a very small job, give us an email right. and we'll send you a couple of professional handy people that could probably take care of it for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you very much. Hey, uh -huh. thank you, everyone, for all the calls this weekend. Greatly appreciate everyone uh, taking part in the show.
100%. Yes, sir. Don't forget, uh, next weekend, we're going to be talking to Victor's Roofing. You hear Paul talk about Victor's all the time. Where you'll be able to ask some questions and hear them yourself next Saturday and the Inside Outside, guys. In the meantime, if you need anything for your home, and we mean anything from the roof to the basement, the street to the back fence, go to the Inside Outside, guys. Dot com or the Inside Outside Guys on Facebook. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much, Danielle. Dave, back at the studio. We appreciate all you do for us. Bye-bye.